We're ministering the Word of God tonight uh, on a particular subject, and we're going to call this How to Make the Great, What Makes the Great, Great. That'll be interesting, because everybody has a seed of greatness in, a, in you, and uh, it's not that you want to be on a stage, it's not that you want to be renowned around the world, but you want to be appreciated, you want to be standing in your place, whatever that is in the Lord. So we're going to minister on that tonight. So if you would, turn with me in your Bible to the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 2. Romans 12, 2. Welcome. Praise God. Romans 12, 2, a well-known scripture. Let's look at it this evening. Verse 2 says, And be not conformed. So the word and there ties us to verse 1. So we'll read verse 1. I beseech you, brethren. That's a strong word, beseech. Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that's also very strong, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So he's telling us to get our bodies in line with the word of God and with the will of God and that it's not a small thing to do so. He's beseeching us. And then he goes on and follows that from a little different branch and says in verse 2, and be not conformed to this world. So that means we could be conformed to this world, doesn't it? Very easily. If you, if you don't resist this world, you are conforming. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How, Paul? By the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So I looked up the word transformed because it's in the Greek, and I'm not Greek, but uh, I can read, and it said transformed is often translated in the Strong's to conform to the same pattern. So he said there, do not be conformed to the same pattern as the world. So there's a resistance in us. There's, a, there's a, another path in us. The easy path is just to flow with the world, but he said resist that easy path and let God direct you, but then be available to directing. And that's what I want to minister on tonight. The TE version, the, uh, the English version, uh, says, Let God transform you inwardly by a complete change of your mind. Let's say that last part together. By a complete change of my mind. So he's not talking about a little adjustment here. You know, quit thinking about money or quit... Uh, uh, saying that naughty word or whatever. He's saying, you got to change, trans be transformed by a complete change of your mind. The New Living Translation says, let God transform you into a new person. Wow, that's pretty powerful considering that we've already been changed into a new creature in Christ when we got born again. Let God transform you into a new person. Here it is, by changing the way you think. Not what you think, but the way you think. If we change what we think, we'll just be programmed robotically to just say this and and think that. But if we are transformed to change the way we think, God can then put his thoughts into us and we'll think better. The Amplified, the multiple multiple, uh, answer Bible says, Be transformed, change by the entire renewing of your mind. And that's what I want to focus on tonight, is that there's more than what we've thought. The entire renewing of your mind by its new ideals and its new attitude. So I put a paraphrase together on verse 2, 
and just said, get all the parts of your mind to think like the word. That's sort of what Paul's saying. Get all the parts. Get all the parts. And we know in Proverbs 23, verse 7, the Bible tells us as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. He is not different than the way he thinks. So if we want different in our lives, we don't go and uh, lean on the boss or uh, butter up, uh, you know, somebody that has influence. He, the word says, change the way you think, turn that around, and everything will be changed. You will be exactly how you think. So if you want to change how you are, you got to change how you think. We're all doing that, aren't we? We're changing how we think. Not what we think. We are thinking different, but it's because of we're changing how we think. So I'm going to challenge you tonight to say if you're, if the Word of God is not producing in your life, and I think we'd all say there's room for improvement, for increase. We see the promises, and we're going, well, that's not happened in a while, and, you know, I'd like to have more of that. If the Word is not producing, we shouldn't change the Word. We shouldn't add to the Word. Lots of people are, well, yeah, God, you know, He... God understands. Well, that's changing the word. God does not understand when we don't do the will of God. He, he puts up with it. He's got a remedy for it. He's got an escape plan for it, but it's, it, he does not understand when we go against the word of God. So we shouldn't add to the word. We shouldn't take away from the word. We shouldn't explain the word. You know, God works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. That just is trying to explain as an anomaly in life. But it's not in the Word. It's not in the Bible. So, uh, and so what are we going to do? We want, if the Word's not producing, what are we going to do? We're going to change our mind. Say with me. Hey, you. <laughs> change your thinking. That's what we're doing. We're changing the way we think. And we have progress. If we could just see in our lives, you know, what we were thinking a year ago or how we were thinking, we'd say, yeah, buddy, we are increasing. We are changing it. In Ephesians chapter 3, turn there with me if you would. Oh, you know we like Ephesians chapter 3. But let's make it speak to us tonight. Let's, let's squeeze it out and, and get it where we can profit from this powerful, powerful word. In Ephesians chapter 3, let's just go straight to verse 20. There's so much there, you just have to go to, to chapter 1, verse 1 to, uh, to get it all. But he says, now unto him. So he's talking about the Lord Jesus. It says uh, to know the love of God in verse 19. Now unto him that is able. He's able. Y'all believe that? He's able. We, of course we do. We believe he's able, but uh, sometimes we don't know if he will. Uh, unto him that is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above. What powerful uh, adjectives. Above all that we hear, it comes again, all we ask or think. The word think there is also translated in other places, understand. Uh, he's able to do more than what we understand. Aren't we glad that God's able to do beyond what we understand? Well, Lord, I don't understand how that's going to work. Well, you're stuck with it. No, you're not. He's able to do more than what we understand until we understand. And then he says, according to the power that worketh in us. The Amplified says that he is able to carry out his purpose. I like that. Because the purpose for Melissa, for Joey, for Deborah, the purpose for each one of us is the best play on our life. You cannot be in a better place 
You cannot be more supplied, more healthy, more everything than the will of God. So that's, that's our goal right there. And one time in, in college, I, I, I went to an auto show and I saw that blue Firebird. And of course, it was shining in the lights and everything. And I said, I'm going to have one. I didn't have anything. I, I just barely had a car. And I said, I'm going to have one of these one day. Well, that was just, I don't know if it was lust or just mad at my situation. But that's not the will of God for me to have a Firebird. I can tell you, it's a, it's a million miles away uh, in any way. Uh, of that, to, he's able to carry out his purpose and to do super abundantly. I'm impressed by this word, uh, super abundantly, because abundantly would be way over the top. And then God, you know, and if you said, I, Michael, I'm going to do super abundantly for you, I would examine that and say, well, you know, that's based on your resources and on your ability. That I can see where that could go and how that could help. But when God says, I'm going to do super abundantly for you, I'm impressed. Amen. So he's able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask. <laughs> I mean, sometimes if you do get it out there, you're just like, I'm asking this, but I don't know. And because uh, it's way out there, Lord. He said, yeah, I got that infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and dreams. He's just saying here, I got this. And whatever your situation, whatever your dream, whatever the purpose I've put in your life, I got this. If I called you to it, if I assigned you to it, then I equipped you for it, and I'm going to help you get there. And, and so our challenge is to get out of ourselves, to get out of the limitations that we have naturally and soulishly to get out of that. So he's, he wants us to be transformed into this thinking. This is the thinking that he wants us to have. Not thinking, well, my job pays this. I just can hardly, I almost lose it every time somebody tells me, well, I'm on a fixed income. You just, you go, wow, how low can you go? How how finite is that? How measured is that? I, I get Social Security, and I'm on a fixed income, so I, I can only do certain things. That is the antithesis of the right thinking, of godly thinking. It's every, it embodies everything that's against the Word of God. But if you don't change the way you think, that's exactly what you'll have and exactly where you'll go. Is that right? Yes. We'll say, well, I, I get $1,000 a month, and that's all I get, and that's all I'll ever get. Gosh, oh, just come to me, Jesus. I'm coming to you. Hallelujah. Uh, the Passion Version, y'all like that. I, I do. He will achieve infinitely. Infinite, infinity is the forever without end. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. Now, here's this. He will outdo them all. Well, Lord, if you just met them, we'd be so far out there that they couldn't find us with a telescope. He said, I'll outdo them. I will not let you set the boundaries for uh, my ability and my desire and my hope. I will not let you say, I'm believing you for this. And God says, I can do that. He, it's not in him to do that. That's how we think, but it's not how heaven thinks. They have, God has to exceed what we think. 
or he's like a man. And he's not like a man. Hallelujah. So I'm going to do some things tonight, uh, get a little bit out there. Y'all, y'all just hang on, strap up, and we're going to, we're going to talk about a different way to think tonight. And the way that I crafted that in the, uh, Romans 2 is, uh, be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by changing the way you think, a complete change of your mind. We've always just said, and it is true, that according to, uh, to, uh, uh, Romans uh, ten seventeen, faith cometh or faith arises by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, the word of God does cause our faith to rise and to, and to uh, unfold. But there's other things in our life concerning answered prayer besides that. Not instead of and, and certainly not without the word of God. But once you get the word going, there's some things in our thought life that has to be changed because everything that in our life comes through our soul, comes through our soul. It originates here. That's how we measure ourselves in God is down here in our spirit. But uh, the word of God says uh, by his stripes you were healed, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to go past how you and I think. If we think well, I've been bad all my life and God's not healing me, it doesn't matter what the promise is. We have limited that promise by our soul. So, uh, hey, we're not going to, infinitely above all you can ask, think, or imagine, we, we don't need God to promise more. We got to get the limits off of our head, off our mind, off our thinking, because he's already out there. He said, I'll do more. I'll exceed what you're thinking. So let's, uh, let's just put this in the financial realm tonight, and y'all just let me roll here a little bit and see what you think. Suppose, and it wouldn't be unusual, that somebody had a need in their life, a financial need, and so they came up with going to the bank and getting a loan. Well, you know, you don't just go in there and say, hey, I'm Mike, and I'm Michael, and I, I want a loan. They'll say, okay, you look pretty good. I like, I like, your, I like your watch, and I, you know, that's, that's nice shirt. There's a, there's a process. It's called an application. And they want to know everything about you. And so this application, what you're trying to do is persuade them to see the best in you that inclines them to invest in you. You're selling yourself on the application. There's some things where you live and where you work and all that's non-negotiable. But you put yourself in the best light you can about your job, about your trustworthiness, your resume, everything. You put that in the best light. And you apply, you make your case for approval. But let's put that over on another side. Maybe you've never thought of it this way. What if when we went to God, we literally had to make a case for our approval in heaven? Let's just take a wild figure like $100,000. That ought to cover just about everybody in here anyway. That you were going to God and say, God, I, for, for the call of God, for the plan of God, I need $100,000. It may be that you just want out of debt. You want to get your house paid for or something like that. So it's not even like you're going to go do something wild. But I need $100,000. And so you make your case. And you should make your case based on the blood, upon the word, himself. Uh, you, you go in there. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You tell the Lord that though he was rich, yet for our sake, my sake, he became poor that I through his poverty might be made rich. You make that case, and God already knows that scripture, doesn't he? <laughs> and he's real proud when we know it. 
But that doesn't mean our mind is activated in that. That means we have a knowledge about what he said he would do, but until we assent to it, until we agree with it, until we come into uh, cooperation with it, it's not a reality for us. Faith is, is calling things that be not. It's an agreement with God. Faith is a place marker for where you are. So, so there's factors in your faith that will affect the outcome. And so you're filling out this application, this spiritual application with God, whatever it is, but we're going to say $100,000. I wrote down four factors that are going to keep you from getting this $100,000 in God that has nothing to do with his word, has nothing to do with how much he loves you, has nothing to do without you, with you not being honest and going to do what you said you was going to do, but they're limiters. They're, they, they narrow us down. The first thing would be desire. You know, uh, our, I don't want to get political, but right now a lot of the candidates for president are saying, we want a co- paid-for college education for everybody. Well, that sounds good, but the only thing is not everybody wants a college education, and certainly uh, not everybody needs one uh, to do what they're really, uh, their personality and their background and their desire. Uh, we need welders. We, we need technicians. We, and you, so the point is, is that if you threw $100,000 at a, everybody that says, uh, we're going to let you, we're going to get you to go to college, a lot of them would go. They're bored. They're in between. Uh, they don't have a vision. They, they don't. So it's like, well, yeah, if you give me a full ride for four years, I'll go to college. But when they get out, what do they do? They go back to the very same place they were in before if they're not corrupted and, and been up from going to college. And that that scene, I'm not a, I'm not on school here. I'm not on whether that's this or that. But desire. Do you really want what you say you're asking God for? Or is it like, let's send this in and see what happens? Number two would be ability. What's your ability? You, that's important. Number three would be your faith ethic. You got to be able to finish this thing. It's unimpressive when people start with faith on Monday and by Friday they don't even remember exactly what they said on Monday. They've, they've launched something into the heavenlies. And they're not fervent about it. They, they, they don't even remember what they said. It's like, well, this or that would be nice, and they add to it and take away. And number four would be your knowledge absorption rate. How, we could call it follow through, but how can you technically, in spiritual terms, cooperate with the process? Because faith is a process, isn't it? So we just think that there's the real world over here, and there's God's world, and God's world is, is just a, a vapor. It's just nothing. You just, you just get in with God and just ride for it. But I don't think there's very many people that are happy with the promises coming to pass in their life. In other words, they're not filling out an application with heaven, and therefore they're not getting it, but God wants you to have it. So let's go through these. Let's, let's go through desire. So let's say that desire, if you were in faith here, is how much do you want it? How much do you want it? Uh, Would you stay committed to what you want if you were denied? Or if you were put off? Or if you were delayed? Would you just say, ah, that makes no difference. This is what I'm supposed to have. 
and I didn't get it this time. I'll just, I'll just renew my mind and think different. Uh, but I'm on this. This is the will of God and I'm in. Uh, Deborah told me a, a, a joke and it just fits here. Uh, I want to wake up. Somebody says, I want to wake up with you every, the, every day for the rest of my life. They say, I get up at 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Never mind. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. We're talking about conviction versus preference. I want to wake up with you every day for the rest of my life. Unless. And it's the unless that unhooks us in our faith. And it happens all the time. It, a lot of times, it's not even like God denies it. It just takes longer to get it to us than we thought. God didn't say, I'll have this to you by the weekend. His word just says, okay. And so if the weekend comes and we're thinking we need it by the weekend, whether we do or not, we're off. It's like, okay, that's not it. God, I'm rejected. God, I'm not doing that anymore. This faith stuff doesn't work. I, you know, somebody over here got it, but I'm not getting it. And so I'm sorry. God doesn't like me. Uh, a conviction, listen to this is when what you believe has the same value as your life. In other words, there's nothing as important as what you believe. You would die for your convictions. One of those would be that we are convicted in our hearts that we're born again, we are God's child, and that where he is, he wants us to be there also, we are going to heaven. That's a conviction. So if we tell you, you know, you're not getting your Social Security check or you're not going to, you know, you, we're taking away your car and you go, well, I, I can, I, we can adjust here. And that brings me to the preference. A preference is when there is a price that can be paid to exchange your long-term values. You can exchange. You say, well, this is what I want, but... This sounds easier, even though I don't get what I want, or I don't get it in the timing I want, but I will change. I will change what I want and believe for a, uh, a long-term value. So this is a preference. We prefer our convictions, but we, but we will, we can be bought out. If there's anything in your life that somebody could force you or coerce you or entreat you or persuade you to change, it's not a conviction. Doesn't mean it's not good and that you can't develop that, but it's a preference. Some people get married and they prefer to, to make it to old number 60 or 70, but if he messes with me or if he, you know, if he quits work, I'm out of here. Well, that's just a, pre a preference. Amen. We prefer to work at a good job and where we are, but if it doesn't go just right every day, then we have no conviction. Those are some examples. So that's how much do you want if that's your desire. you got to have your desire right if you want to go to the distance with faith. Faith is true, it's absolute, but if your soul doesn't think right, then you will bail on faith. God doesn't bail, but we bail. You ever bailed on faith? Absolutely. They... You, you said, I'm going to believe I receive this by faith in your body. You just like, I'm dying. And the doctor says, you're going to die. <laughs> you know, if this thing goes south, especially if it's in your child or someone, but let's just keep it on ourselves. 
says, you know, this thing's taking a turn, and it looks like if we don't do this or give you that, you know, it's it's not gonna it could not turn out well. Well, our conviction suddenly is it's not changing, but it's revealed that it's not a conviction at all. It's a preference. It's a strong preference. It's a it's a it's a hard preference. But it, you would trade out the possibility of losing your life for the short term. I'm going to take that procedure, that surgery, that medicine. Does that make sense? Amen. So convictions are very rare. They are worth your life. You'll see this with children. Uh, mothers and fathers would give their life for their child if, it, if they were in danger or if they were going to lose their. That's a conviction. They wouldn't hesitate and said. I was sure hoping you could grow up and be old, but it doesn't look like you're going to make it. You know, that's, that's just not in parents. Amen. Number two is ability. And that would be brought out in what is your ability to engage the process today? Say right now. Right now. What is your ability because everybody's got a someday. Everybody's got a, 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 a good intention. But this is based on now faith is. So what is your ability to gauge, engage the process of faith right now? Right now. Mark eleven twenty four says what things? So ever you desire when you pray. When you pray, believe that ye receive them. So he's saying when you pray, you got to be ready to receive them right now. Well, I'm going to pray now, and then I'm going to work on my faith later. Well, that, that doesn't work. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and ye shall have them. Well, what if they don't come by the weekend? It doesn't matter. Ye shall have them. What if it doesn't come this month, this year? What if everything changes uh, in the possibility? I have it. It's mine. So that's your ability to engage the process today. Lots of people launch premature faith. They don't have the capacity. They don't have the inner workings. They don't have the understanding. You don't have to have a lot. We get born again on very little information because it wells up inside of us, and we're ready right then. Sometimes you'll hear a person, uh, when they're invited to receive the Lord Jesus, they'll say, well, I'm not good enough. I, I need to go home and clean up my life. But that's not how it works. Faith is based on what you got right now. Can you go the distance? Can you receive uh, eternal life? Can you receive the uh, new birth just as you are? And same thing with healing and same thing with finances. There's some understanding there. You got to know what you're, what's built in. If you're a worm and you just don't think God likes you, you're not ready today to receive a hundred thousand dollars. Amen. You, you can't enter into the process. You can't follow this through because the devil will make sure that uh, this isn't going to go the way you thought it would. Number three, faith ethic. What is your faith ethic? In other words, how much word and how much prayer is normal to you? Well, I'm going to ramp it up. No, today. The day that you engage for the $100,000, you're making your petition made known to God. It doesn't mean that his promise isn't there for you. It doesn't mean that he's not all in. He is all in. 
and he wants to answer it. It's not up to heaven. It's not something God's judging and saying, you had not got it, son. We're just not going to approve this, you know, rejected. That's not it at all. It's, it's an assessment of our life that says, this thing's a process, and I cannot stay in the process based on my ethic. I don't read the Word much. I uh, don't go to church much. I don't pray, don't know how to pray, don't know anything. It doesn't mean that you can't get prayers answered like that, but we're talking about a specific financial $100,000 where you're moving things out of the realm of the unseen into the realm of your life, and you have to have follow-through, and you have to have an ethic. you got to be a word person to engage faith. God loves you without the word. Never touch the word, never read the word, but you're born again. He loves you as much as the man that's in it 10 hours a day. Absolutely. But if you're going to make an application for heaven for $100,000, you're going to need some equipment in the warehouse to process that. And that just means you're, you're, you're feeding, you're, you're staying linked to people that can, when, when trouble comes, two is better than one. If you're out there by yourself, you're just a lamb out in the woods and there's wolves everywhere. The devil's going to take you out if he can. And if you don't have a, a faith ethic, he probably can. And I put down the scripture there is Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh or arises by hearing and hearing by the word. We got to hear the word. We got to take in the word to be strong enough to, to apply for this, this mountain to be moved. We're saying 100,000, but it's any mountain. Get it moved out of your life. And then number four, what is your knowledge and revelation acquisition retention rate? Now, those are big words, but, but in other words, how quickly do you pick up the things in the Word and hold on to them? Now, for example, let's, I, I, I lived in Japan when I was real young, kindergarten through second grade or something, and, uh, you know, you can learn a lot of things then at that age that you can't now, but I learned how to speak uh, 1 through 10 in Japanese. Now, I'm going to say these 10 Japanese words to you. We're not going to have a test. It's not anything. But let's just pretend that it's a, it's a concept, it's a principle in the kingdom that you have to grasp the first time and hold on to it and be able to implement it. So the words are ichi, ni, san, shi, go, number six, roku, Nana, Hachi, Ku, number 10 is Jew. Now, how many of those could you speak back just on hearing? Now, it's, it's not a faith requirement, but it's an example that we got to be able to pick up the word. When the word's presented to us, faithful over little makes master over much, you got to be able to process that. You got to be able to, when the decision comes, the fork in the road comes, you got to say, I know what to do. I know what to do because this is the principle. I used to go left, but the principle of the kingdom says that if you hang around uh, rough companions, you're going to be just like them. So I'm going to, I'm going to go right this time. I, I didn't want to be alone. I'd rather go with these rough companions that don't believe God, that are mo mockers, uh, like Psalm, um, uh, one says. 
sit in the seat of the scornful. I used to go that way because I just didn't want to be myself. But now I know that I can't get my request, my mountain moved unless I move this way. And so I got that principle in. I'm going to live by that principle. What is your acquisition and retention rate? If it's not much, guess what we're working on? We're working on it. We're, we're, we're coming into church with a notebook, for instance. We're sitting down with a tape with the intent that something's going to get, not a tape, not even a CD anymore, hallelujah, well, you know. But you get down and you hear the word, you read the word, and you're, you're there in your Bible taking notes. I got marks all over my Bible. How about you? Because I intend to, to retain it. Because when you write out in your margin, well, this word means that. Uh, then it's written down there and it imprints upon your heart. So you acquire it, but then you meditate. The word meditate in the, in the New Testament means to mutter in a low tone. So we're talking all the time. We sing songs here that, that's, that are catchy a little bit, and they, they have words that are right, and you'll find yourself singing one. Some, something will come up on the service, and you'll sing one, and it'll stick with you. Well, if it's just doodly-doo-doo, you know, doodle-doodle-doo, well, then that, that doesn't do any good. But if it's the Word of God, if it's the will of God, if it's the plan of God that we're singing, then that thing will imprint on us, and we will retain it. Or if you get with somebody, your husband, your wife, or somebody, and you talk the Word. We talk the Word. You know, well, I think the Lord told me this. And what do you think? Well, that's a bunch of stuff. That's not it because of this scripture. Well, that doesn't have, that scripture doesn't mean anything about this. And you just talk it and you hammer it out and get it into your life. So acquisition, what is your acquisition and retention rate? In other words, could, could we teach on the blood covenant? Could, could you hear a teaching on the blood covenant and over the course of three hours and then be able to get up from the third session and go to another group that does not know about the blood covenant and, and minister to them until they go, we know what it is now. Acquisition and retention rate. You go, what's that got to do with anything? Well, you're not going to have follow through. You're not going to be able to sustain yourself self through the battle, the, the good fight of faith, the, the having done all to stand and stand, therefore. The standing, therefore, is when you keep yourself charged up with what you know from the Word of God. You, you can't have wrong principles in there. You can't say, well, sometimes God does, sometimes He doesn't, sometimes He says maybe. That's wrong thinking, isn't it? That's hopelessness. That's, that's, you're giving up before you even start. Uh, you have to know all the promises of God are, are, yet, are in Him are yes and amen. you got to know that, and you got to rehearse it to yourself when the devil says, not you and not now. you got to say I learned this last month, I learned this this year, and it's in me, and I retained it, and I've got it, and I'm going to use it now. If you don't have that, you just have a barely working knowledge of the Word of God. You're going to heaven, and He's going to help you all that He can, but He just can't help us much. You know, you get a five-year-old, you, you just can't take them to college, even though, like, this would be great. But they, they can't retain it. They can't acquire it. We have to grow up and do that. So uh, you might not apply for the $100,000 heavenly loan just yet. You might step back and say, 
This is going to be a lot of work. It's going to be hard on me if I fail. Y'all know what? Failure begats failure. Victory begats victory. We have to be mindful to not engage everything just for the sake of trying it because it is hard on you. And we go back to this. I've, I've said this a gazillion times. The cat that jumps on the hot stove will not jump on any stove ever again. We, we got to stay off the hot stove. We got to measure ourselves and check that out and make sure it's time for me to launch my faith. It doesn't take long to do that. It doesn't take long to assess yourself. You know, inside, I have a confidence. I'm persuaded. And you just say, now's the time you launch out. And it doesn't take, listen, it doesn't take long when you have your checklist here. When you have your desire in, you have your ability in, you have your, uh, uh, your faith ethic is established and you develop a retention rate. You have a, you have a set of things that you review and you go over. You meditate. You, you're daily in the word. You're going to church and hearing the word. Why? Wow, you can, you can throw any bull in the pen. You can, you can, you can hog tie it or whatever they do if you start out right. But so many people just launch out like, well, God's God and he doesn't, he doesn't care. He's good, but we have to get ourselves lined up. Amen? So are you ready, or would you be ready to apply for this so-called 100,000? Uh, you say, well, I'm not quite ready there. There's some things that are some gaps, and I'm, some of those potholes are bigger than I can get over, I'm, but I'm going to step back, and I'm going to get myself right, and uh, I'm going to upgrade. Isn't that the word you used earlier? We're going to upgrade. We're going to upgrade our mind, our soul. So we go back to uh, Romans. It says, uh, we'll be through right here. Right here, we're going to end this right now. Here's what the Word says. And be not conformed to this world. It's talking about thinking there. Do not think like the world thinks. Oh, the sky is falling. Woe is me. We can't do it. We won't do it. I'm always reminded about uh, the people that are in the elevator and the elevator stops. You, you can just do an, uh, an assessment on everybody in there when they're falling on the floor and we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die. You just know she's not tough. She's, she's weak in her soul. Right? Well, we have to assess ourselves. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, renovated by the renewing of your mind. And the uh, Amplified says, uh, changed by the entire renewing of your mind. So there's aspects that I've shared with you tonight about more than just knowing Scripture. Personally, I've seen people that can only quote concerning healing, can only quote uh, 1 Peter 2.24, himself bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, should live under righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. I was healed. I am healed. And they got this little mantra down, and it's true. you got to know the will of God. But just knowing that one scripture might not cover up the gaps or the holes or the missing parts in other areas that would cause us to be able to outlast the symptoms, outlast the, outlast the diagnosis, and get to the outside of it and say, got victory. But you said victory on the first day. But one day the doctor says, well, sure enough, you got the victory or the symptoms leave. It takes more than just re rehearsing the, the scripture. That's what I'm really saying. It takes more. 
It's certainly the big end of it, but it takes more. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to thank uh, you for tuning in this evening on the how it didn't really get to the part. Next week, we're going to continue this uh, uh, about the great, how, what makes the great great. And we're laying a foundation tonight. So thank you. God bless you.